Welcome to WP Tonic Roundtable Podcast, where a panel of leading WordPress junkies discusses the latest WordPress and internet stories of the week. Now, on with the show with your moderator, Jonathan Denwood. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. We're on episode 578. Got a small panel, but a powerful panel. Got got a great guest panelist rejoined us, Andrew. Always welcome. And um, Palmer. And um, we've got some great stories. We're using a new platform to record the show on. Uncle Spencer kept insisting on it. Got some great stories as well to share with you. Um, Before we go into the main part of the show, I just want to talk about one of our great sponsors, and that's Kinsta Hosting. Kinsta Hosting is a WordPress-only hosting provider. If you've got a site for a client that needs performance, you really need to look at Kinsta. I for your WooCommerce membership site or learning management system, Kinsta is the right choice. I suggest you go over there, have a look at their technology, their plans. I think you're going to be blown away. Buy one of their plans, I would suggest. And if you do, please tell Kinsta that you heard about them on the show. It really does help Kinsta, and it really does support the show, and that support is much appreciated. I'm going to let the panel introduce themselves, and then we're going to go straight into it. Andrew, would you like to quickly introduce yourself yeah i'm andrew palmer from this is andrewpalmer.com and also atarim.io forward slash summit which i'm a host at next week so i'll talk about that later hopefully yeah sure that'd be great um uncle spencer have you uh, want to introduce yourself sure spencer foreman from launchflows.com and john you want to introduce yourself john Locke from lockdownseo.com Right, let's go straight into it. Um, so the first story, attacks continue to exploit vulnerabilities on the Plus add-on um, for Animator um, Page Builder plugin. And there's been a number of uh, exploitations and attacks on the Animator platform this week. What do you think this is about, Uncle Spencer? Well, what, what's interesting is that the more things expand with the capabilities of Elementor and other plugins. There's more, obviously, windows for bad guys to crawl through. However, uh, we've been recommending lately, there's other ones too, but we've been recommending WordFence. And then there's, again, like these reporting agencies like WP Charge and Cerebro and stuff that they fit right on top of it. So if you combine the fact that you can use a, a free plugin that catches this automatically... And then you also got reporting things that if you get like a news report in your email, you know about it. Um, it doesn't seem as bad. I know there are people that get caught. Our particular resolution of this is slightly different. Uh, we recommend that everybody run live sites with hourly backups. It's a piece of cake to do. Cost you virtually nothing. If you use whatever hosting, it's just an option in the hosting. The reason is because if you have auto updates on, except for certain plugins, and you have an hourly backup, and you've got a reporting service, and you've got a free plugin, it's pretty clear that you're not going to get caught with your pants around your ankles. Because the worst is you lose one hour of work. But in almost every case, you can roll back before the time of the attack, which is like very obvious in the logs of the site, and you're good. So I actually am fairly happy to report that this is a problem that's kind of like robocallers. It's annoying, but not dangerous anymore. Yeah, I think we don't do hourly backups. We do daily, but we um, we use Blogvault 
and iTheme Security. That's the two that we combine on our su- supported websites. Yeah, I mean, the I cost like of hourly them. backups is nominal now. If you have a normal, yeah, host, you can just turn it on. It's like a dollar a week or something like that. So. True. But I really like blog. It's expensive though, but I really like Blog Vault. Um, is it though? Is it though? Blog Vault. I mean, twenty sites. It's not a lot, you know. It's not. It's and something you, you can always. Yeah, it's not ridiculous. It's not ridiculous. Yeah, but you use Manage WP. That's a little bit cheaper. Manage WP is really cheap and good. Yeah. We've used that before. We use Cloudways, obviously, for hosting. Cloudways has it built in, but otherwise, we use Manage WP, and the cost is. Like a dollar a site per month or something. Yeah, for backups, it's like two dollars a site. So it can get you know, get, you know, twenty sites will be forty bucks. But you know, I use Blog Vault. I swear by it because it's got the Malcare already built in. It's got a firewall. But I'm also using Gridpane for for my site management control. Oh, are you? Yeah. So that they've got a little lovely little thing in Gridpane where you can control your sites and you can turn off XSS vulnerabilities. So that's kind of a real good thing that you can do that. Some plugins, so, so would you agree, Andrew? Would you agree with Spencer that because of all these tools, that um, as long as you're aware and you've got some of these tools, it's not such an enormous problem than it used to be? It's like stubbing your toe, isn't it? Really, it's just annoying, and it's and it's and it's you know, if you're a professional webmaster, you should a master. You should know stuff about this anyway. You should always recommend to. You shouldn't take a client on that's not going to take on the added cost of backups, hourly backups, daily backups, whatever you're going to do. You you should always have that built into your care plan. So one of the things that I've thought about care plans is that they're just too cheap. You know, people are charging forty bucks, fifty bucks a month. It should be a hundred bucks a month minimum, and then you've got all of the security, you've got all of the backups, and you've got all of the peace of mind insurance that you really need. So, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's, a no, it's a no-brainer for me. We got a notification that, it, that Elementor was um, vulnerable via BlogVault, just did an auto-update for, for, you know, for the 100 sites that we've got in BlogVault, and that's it. But for the other ones, that, that, that for customers that aren't on maintenance plans, we said... You're not on a maintenance plan, but we're just sending you an email just to say we're looking after you anyway, so update your plugins. Yep. What do you reckon, John? Yeah, I think this is uh, really interesting. The article states that uh, 1,900 site takeover attacks were blocked from a specific username and 1,170 attempts from a specific email. They blocked four th- WP.com. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but uh it's it's interesting. So it's installing uh <laughs> malicious plugins called WP Strongs and WP Staff. <laughs> the streak continues, but um <laughs> the uh yeah, you want to have some kind of security plan uh, just in case for stuff like this. I'll I'll tell you something that I notice, and this is uh for sites where um, it's not clients, but sites where I built them a long time ago, but they're not active clients. They kind of like fell off the face of the earth. And sometimes I still get notifications from stuff like iThemes security. Uh, Sites that have just sat by themselves and haven't been updated in a long time, 
those tend to get attacked a lot. So keep everything updated. Have uh, a security plan because attackers, they don't necessarily want to deface your site, which is like what a lot of people commonly think. They want to use your site to uh, chain it into a botnet or to mine Bitcoin or things like this. So you might not even know that your site is hacked. A lot of it is about Bitcoin because, um, you know, you're saving yourself a lot of resources if you can steal somebody else's. That's the best way to mine your Bitcoin, isn't it? Um, I just want to add a quick question before we move move over to the next story. Um, What about 5.7? I thought um, thought that was reasonably smooth upgrade, really. Uh, We didn't have too many problems. It all seemed to make the back end a lot quicker. Um, um, I like some of the things they've done with this upgrade. What do you reckon, Andrew? What did you think of 5.7? When you say we didn't seem to have too many problems, we didn't have any problems. And we, you know, we host and kind of manage 500 websites. So, you know, even one problem is a pain in the neck, isn't it? Because it's an unannounced, but it's a drive-by shooting as far as I'm concerned. You know, when a when a, an update of WordPress or a theme crashes a site, it's it's like, oh, God, something I didn't plan. But you know, they're they're it's, it's a stable update. You know, there's some there's a there's an update to Gutenberg that's interesting, which is the um the drag and drop, you know, they've got full drag and drop now, and we're we're looking at full site editing. But to be honest, we're not we haven't transitioned into Gutenberg yet. We're still just playing with it. Yeah, I'm just the same. But do you think? Would you agree with me? It did seem to make the, a lot of back ends a bit more snappier. Yeah, they're a bit faster. But then, if you've got something like Redis on there, or or you know some some other form of dashboard speed up, you you know you're not really worried about that. You know it's not a it's not a problem. And if you've got good, you know I'm I'm always banging on about the fact you got good hosting. If you got good hosting, your dashboard. It's just, it's that. Uh, It depends on some of your clients. Uh, I'm not going to assure you of that, Andrew. Spencer, what do you think of 5.7? It was relatively painless compared to others. Um, The only thing that I noted, which is irrelevant, was that um, they had thrown in some kind of new mm, preemptory warnings about code they're going to put in. So I happen to have my debug enabled. And so my console lit up with a bunch of warning messages that made no sense about translations. But when I researched it, it was, again, I can't blame them for this, but it was typical automatic where they want to add a feature. They go ahead and break what's there now, put a note on it that says, you need to do something that makes no sense to anybody, but they don't tell anybody about it. And then everybody comes rushing in to say, what does this message mean? They go, oh, don't, don't pay attention to that. So other than that little geeky developer thing, it was pretty painless, comparatively speaking. And um, I can't say that any of the features are groundbreaking, but it, no. it's, it, it, let's put it like this. If it doesn't break stuff, it's a win. I like the little, I like the little, little um, vertical blue bar when you go over your menus at the back end. I thought that was a... I'm easily pleased. I mean, I was properly geeking out on it. I mean, I just, these are some of the things I just don't even notice. I'm too busy to notice these things. What's the matter with you? Get on, get on. Well, well, you know, uh, we can't match your empire, Andrew. (laughs) There we go. Um, John, what did you you think of it? 
Is he going? Is he? Oh, there he is. John, 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 can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Um, Are we on the second story? No, no, we're we're just talking about five. No, I can hear you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He froze out. Your connection froze out. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, right. Oh, let's go on to story two then. Let's go on to story two. I take that as our omen. Let's get my thing up. Right. Um, so how Google News, how Google Google's new career certificates could disrupt the college degree. So, John, what did you think of this one, John? Yeah, very interesting. Uh, a lot of people talking about this, like uh, it's very specific ones that they have. It's for data analyst, project manager, and uh, UX designer, I believe. Uh, and they started doing this because they had a IT support professional certificate uh, that was very popular on Coursera. And so they expanded this. I thought this article was interesting, too. There was, they mentioned somebody from uh, Sacramento going from working as a fireplace installer uh, that uh, got laid off during COVID and then is working somewhere here in Sacramento, I guess. Um, I I don't necessarily think that like every high-tech job requires, should require a computer science degree. Unless you're an engineer, there are plenty of ways to get the skills you need and learn the rest of it on the job. So I can see this really helping a lot of people. Uh, I think certain types of courses, um, this might disrupt it at higher education. I don't know that it's going to replace like all college degrees eventually. I don't see that happening, but uh, for certain ones, I think so. Yeah. Spencer, I noticed in the kind of startup, um, podcast Jason from this week in startups. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been talking a lot about. Uh, they give it a term for this particular type of startup. It's in um, like you go to boot camp. They and they are you can join the join the course for free, and then they they place you and they take a percentage of your first year salary. Um, but they call it something, but I've forgotten what they call the concept. But it seems to be um, really popular in the VC startup world. Do you think those type of companies and that kind of structure is going to gain even more traction? Uh, Two-part answer. The first part is um, I believe that the natives living in Silicon Valley, the Jason Kalkanis and the Mark Andreessen's and the rest of them, would love nothing more than to return to the days of indentured servitude. So if they can come up with a new title and a new twist on how they can enslave people to become their workers, um, even even white-collar workers, then I think they would love nothing more. Because let's be honest. Um, oh, I think you'd be very cynical. Hold, hold, your, hold your pony, sir. Uh, the point I'm making is I've had some experience dealing with those folks and they live in a bubble. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going there. <laughs> Don't make me call Meghan Markle on you. I will. Um, it, if, 
if you think about how they live and how they think, they live in a bubble, both socioeconomically as well as advantageously for who they know and what they know and so forth. So the downside, the dark side of this is how it could be absconded to turn into, compared to an Amazon.com factory worker, right? We educated you, we trained you, you're working in the company shop and you're going to essentially be here until you pay off the debt, but you never get out of the debt because the company shop has a limited supply and you know you have to keep buying from it with the company currency and so forth. There's a long history of that in American economics and, and capitalism. The, the upside to this, though, that I think is the potential win, if we can keep it out of Silicon Valley and it applies to other areas of the country and the world, I have college-age kids. Um, the college system is broke. The degree system does not deliver on its promise. We've talked about this endlessly. This does offer some hope, kind of like trades did in the past, of putting people in direct contact without having to get a piece of paper with the thing that they really would like to do. And also, it could, in a positive way, build a long-term relationship with a company. The old days, you know, come work for us, and if 30 years you get a watch and a, you know, a pension— that could come back to a certain degree with kids who don't really need to go get a liberal arts education for $400,000 before starting a job. And especially for technology, if in the United States we can stick to politically not being racist and not making H-1B visas into a, like what color is your skin or what country are you from, we could train a really great number of people and attract a great number of people who are talented to come work for American companies here in America. So... Kind of like everything in life, there's a yin and a yang, and I can see this going either way. The question about Jason Kalkanis is, he, he has a very cynical, self-oriented spin there, so I would take what he says with a grain of salt. But the concept itself, I've seen working really well in other places outside of Google, you know, like um, the solar panel industry. There is a need for very well-educated technical people to do solar panel stuff, but there's still like a bit of a mechanical aspect to it. And that and the other electricity fields are going to need a lot more people. So hopefully it'll happen. So what do you reckon, Andrew? Well, I, didn't, I didn't go to college. I've never seen the need for going to college or university. I've been self-employed for most of my life. <clears throat> and if I haven't, I've done a job. of You know, every job, <clears throat> what people forget, and kind of Spencer alluded to it, is that every job is an apprenticeship, right? Because there's a learning curve to every job. You don't you don't instantly, you know, when I was a fleet service engineer for Hertz Leasing, you know, we used to lease cars, I sat at a desk behind a computer. So it taught me how to use a computer. It taught me how to deal with customers. It, so it taught me customer service. It taught me sales because I, I would upsell. It taught me negotiation skills because I needed to no, negotiate with garages on the cost of brake pads and new clutches and, and getting cars back on the road. So that was a kind of an apprenticeship to my current life now, the negotiation skills, the customer service skills and all that kind of stuff. So I never, I left home at 16. You know, I was living in London on my own when I was 16. So I didn't have an opportunity to go to college. No sob story. I'm not sad about it. But the point is, is that if you want to educate yourself, you can educate yourself in so many ways this, 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 in this era that we're living in. And if Google are offering free online courses, and they already do, there's 26 courses on uh, Google Learn or whatever. I put the Learn, Learn Digital with Google. 26 free courses where you can where you get a certificate to say 
I've done this course, therefore I'm qualified to talk to you about this particular thing. I can't believe how much colleges in the US costs. I feel sorry for you, Spence. How many kids you got, two? I have two kids, but the, the thing is a lot of parents decide to opt out of the, like, you know, the $400,000 thing. Everybody already sees that's nonsense. Nobody's yeah. Yeah, quite. with so, a brain you know, going It's expensive. I think it's a good, whatever education systems that you can enter into that aren't going to cost you an arm and a leg, then by all means, take advantage of them. And I'm, I'm not, I don't subscribe to the, the internship or the, you know, if we've, if we've paid for this course, then you're with us. We do that with lawyers. I've got a couple of lawyer mates that went through, joined a lawyer as a junior and, and they said, right, we'll put you through college. And, and at the end of the day, they owed them 50 grand and they had to either pay that off through their wages, through, through very similar things. And if they left early, then they had to, you know, reimburse them. Listen, you know what yeah. you're signing up to. So I, I I I love it. I love the fact that Google are doing this these courses and more more companies that can afford to do this to teach people how to do the business, whatever the business is, phenomenal. I love it. Yeah, I think I think it can only be for the you know, obviously I take into what Spencer remarked at the beginning, you know, you you gotta step a little bit cautious and what he says about um um, about certain people, um, Silicon Valley is about right. Um, but I think apart from those reservations, the more choices people have, it can only help people <clears throat> and also maybe break this this kind of propaganda that if you don't have um, a university, uh, especially in America, I don't know how far that propaganda has um, entrenched itself in the UK. Oh, it's, it's, well, terrible. It's, it's terrible. It's a it's a it's a built-in snobbery. And I I promise you, you know, we used to do print for mask confectionery, Beecham's powders, whatever they're called now, Smith Klein Beecham. And you had a had a person that did a chemistry degree, product managers for Ribena. Well, you know, what? how are you qualified to be a product brand manager for Ribena if you've got a chemistry degree? Why did you do a chemistry degree if you wanted to sell Ribena? But, okay, so you're working for a, a chemist or a pharma company, but you're selling Ribena. You know? So I think qualifications should be related to, to what job you want to do or what, what, what aspirations you have in life. And this is great. This, this opens up a whole load of... You know, so just hope, I just hope it breaks it down a bit, uh, a bit because um, I, you know, obviously I just don't, which we've been saying um, quite regularly on this show when these stories come up that the system can't really continue as it is, and I think the pandemic has kind of accelerated what was what was obvious anyway. So it'd be interesting to see what happens afterwards. Um, um, we do have a different system. I think it's nine grand a year a university costs in the UK. And if you live in Scotland, it's free. Yeah, it's, it's lovely. It's, change, yeah. it's changing here for major universities like New York City, uh, NYU, University of Illinois. Other universities have already come out with, if, you, if your family has a certain level of uh, income or below, you go for free. For the rest of them, it's heading in the direction where the education will be more of the patronage system, which really makes sense. You've got all these one percenters who are getting in their 70s and 80s looking for a place to dump their money. If the government makes it feasible to get tax breaks by supporting colleges, 
The colleges get their money from the rich people and the kids go to school for free and everybody wins. And if you mix into it these direct to the end company kind of trade programs, whether it be electronics or high tech or anything, then you have this real opportunity for everybody to realize, hey, you know what? As long as they're paying a living wage, it's possible to just not go to college like you used to for 40 years and and, and be a very well-to-do plumber or, you know, have your own entrepreneurial business. Well, and, you've also got, sorry to interrupt you there, but apprenticeships across the UK, we, I could take on an apprentice web developer, right? Right. And people can take on apprentice in any kind of industry that they're in. It's not the plumbers or the builders or the welders or the, what, you know, the, the, what we always think is, a, is right. an apprenticeship like the electricians. It Literally, you can be an apprentice marketing manager you can be an apprentice marketing person so that's another good way for people to get it but i've always resented the fact because i have no formal qualifications at all i don't even have anything from school no gcse's or cse's basic exams at all when i i was when i go for when i used to go for a job i knew that i was qualified because one i could type two i can speak and i'm relatively intelligent you know so i can grab hold of concepts quite easily and when it was like a, for a 15 grand a year job in my youth which was a lot of money then they wanted a college graduate or a university graduate why because they've proved that they can they can go along the learning path and all the college graduates i know and i've grown up with them and i still have friends now were stoned 99% of the time anyway. So however did they learn anything? (laughs) Because it was who you knew. A lot of the things, even with the job offerings, were nonsense. You know, getting hired out of college or law school, you knew nothing other than how to drink. And yet in the Americas in the the early 90s after the Bush number one uh, left, it was like wild times where the corporations were throwing money at 21-year-old kids like they were 50-year-old men and women. It was crazy. crazy. So, right. We're going to go for our break, those happy days. Yeah. Our, um, we'll be back in a few moments, folks. LaunchFlows turns your WooCommerce website into a selling machine. We make it easy to create gorgeous sales funnels, no friction checkouts, order bumps, upsells, downsells, and much more. Gain full control over your buyer's journey from the top of your WooCommerce sales funnel all the way to the bottom. Best of all, you can use your favorite page builder, such as Elementor, Divi, Beaver Builder, Gutenberg, or one of the high-converting templates we've included inside. Get rid of the clunky WooCommerce shop pages and checkout process in favor of an optimized buyer flow that instantly increases conversions and makes you more money. LaunchFlows provides one-click order bumps that increase the total value of every sale with a 10 to 30% conversion rate. This is perfect for anyone offering complimentary products, training, or extended warranties. With unlimited upsells and downsells, your buyer's journey doesn't need to end at the checkout. Instead, we make it easy to display a series of additional offers as part of the original transaction. This is perfect for one-time offers, related products, mastermind class offers, high-ticket software sales, or subscription supplements. Not an expert? Don't worry. We've got the training and the consultation you need. WP Launchify will teach you how to get the most out of launch flows with personal consultation on WordPress, WooCommerce, 
marketing automation, and much more. If you want to earn more money with your WooCommerce online business, you owe it to yourself to try LaunchFlows today. We're coming back. Spence was um, looking back at Christmas's past where corporations just used to throw the money at him. If I had a time machine, I would definitely, if I had to have a time machine and live Groundhog Day, I would relive 1992 to 1999 over and over and over, and I would never regret it for a second. I would would have to say those were the best seven years of my remembrance. Yeah, 18. We won't delve too much, actually. Let's get on to story three. Uh, what are what ads are WordPress businesses running anyway? So this is quite a fascinating story about what works, what doesn't. Um, so, Andrew, what did you think of this one? Yeah, I love this because I'm running a, ser- a series of ads at the moment. And... Um, for a couple of companies, you know, we we work for other people as well. But I'm I'm actually running ads to my own um, sitefixer.co.uk to to just bring awareness. It's going really well, you know. I love it. So it's Facebook ads, a couple of YouTube, Instagram, a um, couple of AdWords. It's five hundred dollars a month budget. You know, it's not a big deal. Um, but the results uh, the results are in, and they're great. I mean, you know, it's it's with with. It, they're paying for it four or five times over, which is I'm really pleased with that. And we're a WordPress business, you know. And I think it's worth getting the word out there for you for a business. So, um, so I've got to ask you because you know um, I've been doing a little bit of advertising on Facebook and YouTube myself. Um, so, what what did you find worked? Because they were saying in this article that. A lot, a lot of Facebook and um, Google advertising doesn't work. Um, so, got any insights that you've learned? Well, video, the video work? ads, video ads work. We did. There's a video of me, a twelve second video saying, you know, fully guaranteed site fixer, blah blah blah. What we and and that really works. That got a lot of traction and a, and about. We ran it for forty eight hours, and apart from the trolling that we got. Um, you know, you get a load of trolls on there, which we'll talk about later. Um, we picked up within the first three hours of it going live, we picked up four jobs at ninety-seven pounds um, at a cost of four dollars. You know, so good results. You know, we've done about like three or four thousand pounds worth of work for the five hundred dollars that we've got. So they're short, sharp. We'll fix your website, guaranteed. With a price, you know, totally transparent, whatever money back guarantee and all that kind of stuff. It's it's nothing, nothing um, rocket science wise. And a video of me saying, "Do you know what? If we can't fix it, we'll give you money back. But if we can't fix yeah, it, no give you money back." And yeah. but the trolling we're getting is is quite incredible. People saying, "You know, can you make your site a bit faster?" I mean, my site is a hundred out of a hundred on Google Page Speeds, and I'm saying, "Well, I, I, I don't think I can actually." <laughs> It's just crazy, you know. It's just, it's, uh, but it's quite funny watching the trolls on the advert advertising, and it's people that obviously I can do a better job than you and all that. So, yeah, we use um, we use the Facebook. We mostly use retargeting when it comes to Facebook. We found that the most economical and the most effective with some offer to get them to come back to and sign up for one of our uh, um, because we specialize in membership and learning sure. management, entrepreneurs. 
Um, but we found retargeting to be the most effective. So, Spencer, what did you think of this little piece? I mean, Alex always writes well-documented articles, so technically the article is useful, and it gives a couple interesting strategies to consider. I find it interesting, I'm not sure why I took the spin on Elementor's advertisement as being uh, against the unwritten norms and expectations of the community. Yeah, well, that was a bit feed, wasn't it? That was a bit, oh, Because one, one of the ads said, WordPress, comma, frustrationless, Elementor. And I thought that really, I think for a lot of people, really it yeah. Irreverent advertising works. Yeah, yeah. it really so, does. You know, I, I look at advertisement of whatever type, and Facebook ads are really the most... Uh, blatant example it's just like dating okay you use if you know about dating these days you use a dating app like bumble and you swipe left or right on a five second or less glimpse of somebody's picture well in facebook you have a chance to catch somebody's attraction not i not trigger their irate response which by the way is fascinating to see how irate somebody can get at a static ad in the middle of a, a facebook feed like i've seen people lose their SHIT over this stuff. But nevertheless, you have like an immediate instant roulette wheel spin to either get somebody interested to watch or click or not be irate. And if you succeed at that, you're doing well. The downside of the ads, and I think this points it out, is that there is this hill to overcome. I've said this for years and I still apply it myself. If you are a business that is doing, and Alex referred to 10 grand a month or so, I think that's a fair amount. If you're doing less than six figures of your business, I would spend 100% of your time in the Facebook groups offering free help to people and building a reputation as a human being in the face of your business. Because we've seen this over and over and over again. I can name names here, but like, let's pull out our pal Jack Arturo. Jack has achieved sainthood from using this methodology. And even though now Jack has done other marketing methods that we've talked about and so forth, the fact is he's bulletproof for his reputation of being an amazing human being. And there are other people who are not so gifted in that regard who have had the opposite result. But Spencer, you you can't do it because you're barred from all these Facebook groups. I have, like, Andrew, and I think, like, there's a couple other people in our community. I have the benefit of the you? I wonder why you are barred from all these groups. I have the benefit. Listen, I go to sleep at night sometimes thinking about this. There are people, and and I I would have told you, I would as well. I criticize Matt Mullenweg for this because I don't know how he sleeps at night. There are some people who put on, I'm going to say, a fake public persona. Oh, I'm so calm and everything is wonderful and namaste and all the rest. And then they go home and kick their dog. Well, guess what? I am who I am and I'm a Scorpio and I like things to be factually correct. So I have to bear the the curse of being the guy in public who I am in private because otherwise I can't sleep. And I know Andrew shares that gift. I think John Locke to a certain degree does, although you're a more likable guy than me. There are some people like Jack, I know who, you excluded me from that. But well, you, you, you're, you and I share the same thing. But like Jack is a nice, calm human being in real life as he is in, in this. So he's not acting at all. That's who he is. If you are going to be in this business, you have to start with building a personal, I think, reputation. I feel that there is not one exception, not one, to any of the well-known plugins in WordPress where we cannot name who their founders are. I mean, we can play this game right now, but... Even the newcomers like Shahanazan, uh, 
you know, from Fluent. Like, we know him by name or Munir from, you know, the Gutenberg project. Gutenberg, yeah. You know, like, we can go through this list and we know every, Zach Katz over here from, you know, Gravity View in his original video musical and stuff. Like, we all have our story. And if you can't do that in WordPress, and I think Alex supports this, you have no business spending ad dollars because nobody in WordPress is going to trust somebody that's nameless and faceless and they don't know who it's coming from. Well, that's that's why my ads are working because I know, yeah. I'm known and hopefully I'm trusted. Is it because I'm famous or is it because of the infamy? Who knows? You know, Alaska. Well, actually, Angie, you know that, that last video from Alamator, that last video advert? Yeah. For yeah. Alimator. You know, you know the old geezer in it with the gold suit with the cat and the he looks so much like you, actually, OG. I had a go sure with you? that. I said, Are you sure? What's going on? <laughs> I mean, if if you got if you got Andrew, myself, James Farmer, who is the the, the granddaddy, the Elvis of being outspoken, uh, you know, shoot your slings and arrows at me. But that's what works, right? And it's a burden yeah. to bear. And even a nice guy like the founder of CD Baby, who is like a really laid back, you know, zen-like human being, he, he has to bear the cross of that. And there's other people outside of our industry, but in WordPress particularly, because you can't hide behind $15 million and be nameless, I think that's the secret to growing something. And if you start spending ad dollars too fast, I think without you being at the face of it, you're, you're going to be disappointed because the results right, will, will not work. All right, and John, John, what did you think of all this? Yeah, so the WordPress, the WordPress community and the WordPress like product space is very interesting. Um, a lot of the people like on my roster, they're not, nobody in the WordPress space. There's a lot of people that they have to spend money on Facebook ads and AdWords or they're going to lose sales. I think in the WordPress space, it's, it's, um, there's a couple things that I did get from this article that I thought were interesting. Hosting companies seem to have the most money in the deepest pockets, and they seem to be in that category where they have to spend money on all, all the types of advertising because their competitors are doing it, and if they don't do it, they're going to fail. I think for plug-in companies, what Spencer just said is very much true, well, that, they cut they cut my yeah. kids to kids to my beloved kid, yeah. a horse oh. a horse a kingdom for a horse poor kids there yeah. have cut me out listeners and viewers for a thousand profit margin business with hosting I mean exactly like, but they yeah. decided that at the end of March that I will no longer be singing the praises of Kinster. Yeah. but listeners and viewers <laughs> I have probably found. A, a, a replacement that you're gonna my my listeners of views you're gonna be surprised about who it is if um um so wait with tension about who's gonna be the major sponsor of the show folks I'll tell I'll tell you something really interesting that I got from this article too it's kind of written between the lines here uh I I think that Elementor is is going to do as Spencer has predicted in the past. I think they're going to try, try and take their ecosystem uh, solo. Okay. And I think that, but in the WordPress space specifically, you know, if you're marketing um, a product like a plugin or something like that, I, I think your best bet is to build up, um, you know. Yeah, I'll be caught. Sorry, John. Oh, in uh, the I'll Facebook. Be... 
Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, sorry. I apologize. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I mean, you, you got to do the things like build up viral, um, your name virally, you know, going in, in the groups and doing that, you know, being on Twitter, um, going to the word camps, being on podcasts. These would be good uses. Go ahead. Yeah, it's just that oh, I forgot what I was going to say. I'm such a hero. Well, well, I still going to say one. I need to say one thing on this. We have to look at our friend Vito Peleg, my friend, personal friend of mine. He was omnipresent for a year, right? No, everybody in the WordPress community knew who Vito Peleg was. He did a great job. Every single podcast, every single blog post, every single whatever. It was those one. It was those wanted posters that really. It was, it. yeah. But that was that was that's what John is saying. If you really want to succeed, you literally. And I know Vito very well. He lives up the road. We see each other a lot, but the and we work together pretty much daily. And the key is, I know for a fact that he maybe got three hours of sleep a night for about 400 days. <laughs> you know, so it's just that you have to totally immerse yourself in your promotional activities. And it's it's hard. It's tough to do. But, you know, that's yeah. what you've got to do in the WordPress community. There are so many, there are so many voices out there. The Lemurs of the world, world, the Spencer Formans of the world, the Andrew Palmers, the John Lux. We're, we're active. You know, we're active on Twitter. We're active on Facebook. We, but, we Spencer, but Andrew, Spencer's got a home now. You know, he's an admin of the WP Tonic <laughs> membership group. And, you know, and I've said whatever you, you get, whatever shit, you, whatever shit you get up to, Spencer, I'm not barring you from your own. WordPress membership mastermind. By the way, it is interesting to note that if you talk about the way that you attract people in the WordPress space, Facebook, despite my resistance, I mean, I wish it would go away, but there's nothing better for this. Facebook groups are really the community where these real people interact. Now, John and I were talking privately, and we will not name names here, but because I am an oh, please, outspoken... Please, please do, please. No, I will not. Because I am an outspoken person who, I like to say, doesn't want to ever be proven wrong. And if I am wrong, I will admit it because I want the facts to be the facts. That's how I am. <laughs> that there are some people who are so precious that they, they lose their shit when somebody like me comes along and suggests that the way they've been teaching something or doing something or talking about something has an alternative opinion. It's like the kid in the emperor's new clothes telling all the minions what's going on. And so some people have reacted in a way that they just turn me off. are you from literally every Facebook group under the sun? It's so ridiculous because Facebook, I'm not telling you. Can you imagine when I... Can you imagine what I'm... There's another character in Facebook. That's my secret here. Big can, secret. Can you, can you, you imagine know? if I'm going to have to bar you from your, literally your own bloody group? Oh, God. Relate, that's relationships, dying, relationships in business are hard. And if you are a person who needs to be in a public-facing business, I think it does well for your own sanity to be prepared that people are going to take a shit in your coffee every morning over something that was irrational. And if you can't handle that, or you can't handle people saying you're wrong, you're stupid, you're this, you're that, and then talk about it, 
You really should not be there. No, because- I've never said that. No, but I'm I've saying there's a different... I've, I've, dis- I've disagreed with you, but I've never said you were stupid. But that's the point. When you're talking about advertisement, when you're talking about marketing, okay, you can fool some of the people some of the time and all the rest of yada, 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 but you can't fool all the people all the time. And it eventually catches up with you because all of these people that we know who are precious, unlike James Farmer, who can go to bed at night being like, he's that guy that overcame all the bullshit against him, or Andrew or myself, who just like, hey, we call it like we see it. Those people who are precious have to go to bed at night worrying about what are people saying about them because everybody is saying that about them, that they're full of shit, saying one thing, <laughs> you know, and then doing another. That's and I good. Think that's, that's good. That's just good. To, if you're going to advertise, right? Come on. You know, they, say, they say that about you too, John. It's like John is, you know, this and that and this and that. Not Locke, but John Denwood. But like this and that and this and that and this. But you know what? That's your brand. Like you are a character. Uh, I sleep. I sleep very, very well at night most nights. I, I, I didn't sleep that well last night. I was telling John yesterday or the night before. But most nights I, I sleep like a log. Actually, Spencer. On to story four. Um, the government. Oh, this is this will be one for you, Spencer. The government lawyers saw a Google monopoly coming. The bosses refused to sue. So, Spencer, what did you think of this one? I was so shocked. Shocked and stunned by this piece, I was. Well, I'm reading the Obama book, and I'm going to I'm going to make an attribution here that may not be correct. But what I think was going on at the time that this is happening is when you read Obama's book and hear his side of the story, he was facing the same stuff that we saw later with Trump from the whole Republican Party, including McConnell. Absolute 100 percent obstructionism. So he and Biden at the time had to do a lot of things that went into the middle just to get anything done. And I suspect that there was a degree of this in there. I haven't read about this particular instance, but clearly this is a kind of shenanigan that needs to be addressed. But I think what they decided was they had to deal with TARP and HARP and the, the market was imploding. And can, they had, I, um, can I interrupt? Because I, um, I, I just want to put this to you because um, I'm, hopefully Andrew will agree with me. You, in America, in some ways, you treat your politicians with kid gloves. You know, you know, you want to get a politician in front of a BBC inquisitor or in Parliament in uh, question time. We're mean to our politicians. We already know they're scum artists, pieces of shit. So we we talk to them like that way in America. You're well, when so you when nice, you give your so when, nice you, to them. when you give your next door neighbour who happens to also be the local pub landlord a 30 million pound project to make glass vials and he's a jeweller and you are the guy in charge of the covid response it's kind of suspect right It's a little bit but nice. He's, well, he's, it's free enterprise. Stop complaining, <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> it, it's just like, duh, you know. With and so they've now found that that that's you know the the level of transparency on the COVID spending, you know the the the, the cronyism going on in our government is just as bad as any other government in the world. And we I ain't probably worse, isn't it? it? We are not going to change it because we are mere. Mortals, and unfortunately, the way all the political systems work in the world, whether they're whether they're dictatorships or not, they're all dictatorships. Whether they're registered dictatorships or not, they're all dictatorships because the the people that have the control 
are the people with the money. And as long as they've got all of the money, if you've got, like you say, the 1% have got more money than the 95% put together, how are we going to change that? We're not going to, you know, when the revolution comes, we'll put them all against the wall. But that's not going to happen in this modern day and age because whatever happens politically, whatever political party is in there, please tell me how your life has changed over the last four years, personally, how your little bubble has changed. I think we're going into very fascinating, but very, um, this conversation... You just got me started. uh, It's your fault. Yeah, yeah, I know. But I just want to put you put this to you uh, Spencer and also John um, is the one thing I always thought myself about how especially how Google has been treated by different American administrations I always felt that there was an element that Google in the security um, computer networking, the front line of data research. I always felt that Google was very useful to certain elements of the American establishment, especially security, surveillance. And how, wasn't that really proven under Snow when he when he um, he told us about? what the American government was really doing and he had to flee to Moscow, isn't... I always felt that the established media never really wanted to say, yeah, well, they were using a lot of Google's technology and that's... The government and Google were very in bed with one another. That's never really, to my liking, ever been spelled out. What do you reckon about that, Spencer? I I don't think anybody would pretend that Google doesn't have its fingers into everybody's pie. So the issue is, how does that work in favor of the administration who's currently in charge and or what is the value of going after that stuff? I think what happens with any kind of monopoly and and even touching on the politics of how things change for the people, governments only operate and control things when they're right up to the tolerance level of the normal people, right? I mean, from Marie Antoinette up till today's uh, recent political overthrow of uh, what was going on in America, people can only put up with so much stuff. And when it hits the streets or it hits the popular thing, the people who are really running things, I believe, are one level above the elected officials. And I think they sort of go, time to change the channel. The game that's played is just there's two channels. I mean, it's just in America and in Britain, too. It's like maybe three, but usually it's two channels. They just keep flipping the channel when the tolerance of the people reaches its breaking point. And I think that's what's going on here. I think what we will see is probably in the next four years, we'll see some addressing of Facebook, Google, Twitter, Mm -hmm. and so forth, and their monopolies. But at the time, as I mentioned, there was this like really high triage of things that needed to be fixed. And there was zero cooperation from the Republicans for the Democrats. So there was a lot of backroom deals and selling people under the bus. And going after Google's monopoly was nowhere near as important as making sure that the banks didn't fail or whatever they were talking about. So I think it's just waiting for its moment to happen. Yeah, so, John, you know, we saw with Microsoft all these corporations when they get to a certain size are treated specially. But Microsoft, you know, it got into trouble with Explorer. But... Google, I feel Google 
has been left really to its own devices. And I do honestly feel it, it's been allowed even more than a normal large monopoly, John. And I do honestly feel it's been allowed to do that because of its connections with the surveillance state, with its ability to help um, the American surveillance establishment get the infrastructure of surveillance. What do you reckon, John? Yeah, I mean, I don't know for certain on any of that. I, I don't have enough information on that to like really make a comment on that. Mm. But I think that uh, from a practical standpoint, I think a lot of these people that are in the government now, they're completely clueless about how technology works. Um, they're completely clueless uh, about a lot of these things, but like search engines or social networks. But I do see a lot of these companies in Silicon Valley driving a lot of the GDP of the U.S. And I think a lot, just the tech companies in general are being treated with kid gloves. And I think the government is hesitant to mm -hmm. regulate yeah. or to uh, break up any potential monopolies because of that. Now, if the NSA is using um, technology that these companies pioneer, that's completely plausible. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know that that's the primary reason. I think it's just, you know, I, I just think these companies are just not being treated the same way as traditional companies are because the government just doesn't. The people there are like 70 years old and 80 years old. They don't understand this at all. <laughs> Oh, I think it's not one, one guy. One guy thought you needed to every you know you needed to be a Christian to be in the Senate. For goodness' sake, because oh you swear on the Bible. I mean, you know, he's an elected official. What is what is wrong with you, lot? It's crazy. But the point, the point. I just need to make a point. We we have a monopolies commission. You don't have a monopolies commission. Yours is a, a different system, isn't it? It's trade. Like, it's called the trade and something. Yeah. So we. What I want to know is why have we only got one monopolies commission? But there you go. Um, the, the key is with Google and all these very powerful businesses, they have lunch with the tax man. We don't get an opportunity to have lunch with the tax man. They get lunch with the tax man and negotiate their tax bill. They go, okay, we get it. You want 100 million out of us, we'll give you 75 million, whatever. And the tax man goes, yeah, thanks very much. I'll have my steak rare. You know, and that's it. So they're very, very powerful businesses. They employ an immense amount of people. And what people seem to forget about these massive businesses, if they're penalised by a government, they go, OK, we don't need those 20,000 people. And the government's left with the bill. And they're not, they don't get the pay-as-you-earn pay tax. And they don't get this and they don't get that. So, you know, it, the problem with these monopolies and these big companies is is that they are so big imagine if amazon said right we're just we're just going to cancel aws that's the bbc netflix and a load of other tv programs that we was, um, by the way um as you were speaking was you surprised with the um with the result about Uber and the drivers in the UK, just I was to give some background. And annoyed, I'm annoyed because my my brother is an Uber driver and he's always complained about the fact that I've got to give them 25 percent of my my earnings. 
No, no, you haven't. You, you've got to give them 25% of the charge that they make to the customer that they've just given you. That's a cost of sale, right? And I'm an Uber driver and, and, and it's a gig. I, I don't get, the only person who gives, gives me employment benefit is me. You know, if I've got no money in the bank, I can't give myself wages. It's that. So my incentive is to go out and earn money. Uber is an app that allows me to start a start a taxi business. And if the if the rate is five dollars and they charge me a dollar to give me that lead, they're a lead generation company. So I am absolutely 100 percent. You will never get me to move away from this. I totally disagree with the fact that Uber drivers are in, should be treated like employees and have holiday pay and benefits. Yeah, but they but just just to push you a little bit on that, there was wasn't wasn't there wasn't the major argument against that because I do see some element of logic in your argument, but the only problem with it, Andrew, is that to be classified, and I think it's the same in America with the Internal Revenue Service as in the UK, to be classified as truly self-employed, you've got to have multiple um, clients. No, I get you it. Can't get just, you just can't have one client. Well, they do. If they you only have, have one them. client, you're, you're classified as working no, they, for They them. do have multiple clients. That's the point, is that Uber... Is a facility is a lead generator, right? So if Spencer gives me a lead to build a launch flow web to build a website and put launch flows on it, there would be a cost of sale to that. So Spencer would get a get a percentage of that, right? Be low because it's Spencer; he doesn't need a lot of money. But the point is, is that I, if I then transition my business into Spencer gives me all the leads and I pay him a twenty five percent fee for doing that he's not employing me the people that are buying the website from me are employing me the diff the, well, the I think, I think, uber have got yeah. have, have been charged just to wrap it, it yeah just to wrap it up i think that was the crux of the case and i think i think the supreme court in the <coughs> uk um i don't know enough about it i'm only surmising this andrew i think that was the i would imagine that was the the core element of the case, and they they went against that logic. Yeah. They they said that they stayed with the tradition that if you're getting all your business from one entity, you you are in the end working for that entity. Well, they they have to because of the IR thirty five rules, which are the basically contractors going off and doing project management for people like ING Bank and their contractors. We have new rules coming in in April. That say you if you are only you if you are sole supplier if you are if you if you only got one client you actually are that that client is due to pay your paye and your holiday pay and give you benefits because you are technically an employee so all the umbrella limited companies will have to go uh, but they're also going back twenty years and saying if you've worked for the company for twenty years you owe us two and a half million quid in tax so I get that from that perspective. But what they're, what they're doing by that is they're saying to Uber, thanks for the opportunity of taking people off the streets and giving them self-employment, but we're going to stick it up you for doing that. No. And I, that is absolutely uh, disgusting. I think I just think no, it's disgusting. Uh, we, we, I think we have to disagree on that a little bit. But on to the final story, um, and this will go on a little bit longer, but I did want to cover this 
numbers. Um, special panel on fighting online harassment in WordPress. Um, this comes from the um, Give Crew. Uh, um, you know, I think we discussed this last week. What do you reckon about this, John? Yeah, I mean, women in in technology, or, or just any type of marginalized person, period, in technology, um, or online, this harassment happens. I mean, women are stalked, you know, and harassed and threatened, bullied. Um, it's terrifying. And this thing that happened with Mika from the, from the plugin forum, it's, it's disgusting. And I think that we need to, to hold people accountable uh, for when they do this in society. It's, it's a lot of problems. It's not very nice, is it? Yeah. I, I, I really honestly think they should have come from automatic a bit more and a bit for... If, yeah, I'm disappointed. Or... I'm, I'm really disappointed that this person that's like such an integral part of your organization, you don't have their back. But I understand that it's difficult when you're a, a worldwide company, when people are, you know, like filling your inbox. I mean, it's stressful. Mm. You know? you, you, I've met Mika. Have you met Mika? Yeah, I have actually. She seems a very she nice She's a real strong personality. She is like, a, she's, she's a properly good person and a properly approachable person. I, mean, I met her for probably 15 minutes. She was staying in the same apartment block as us in uh, St. Louis and we went to a couple of parties. But she, she's a magnet of... Um, people you know she draws people into into you know where's the bow ties and all that kind of stuff and and just a beautiful person and i've been a victim of um of my own um rhetoric as well and you know i had a whole facebook group of fifteen thousand people set up just to slag me off you know people one guy said if i met him i'd piss on his shoes uh, i thought <laughs> Great, you know, and it's just, and it's a whole thing, 15,000 people. Yeah, I must be, there's something perverse about me, but you know, that makes it hard. But, you know, yeah, come on then, do it. I don't think people's had a piss on me anyway, wouldn't my shoes. I don't know how, or I don't know how anyone can protect anyone from online trolls or, or, or um, abuse on the internet. It, it's almost impossible and the thing that you have to do, and I promise you, when I was getting abused, I'd go to bed at night and, and, and I couldn't sleep, and I'm a great sleeper. And I couldn't find a way to, to address it. So the best thing that I did was just ignore it. I love, a bit, I I love a bit of trolling. I love, them, I love them giving me a bit of stick, actually. How are you going to stop it? If any, yeah. Does anybody know how you're going to? The only way that, and there's a, there's a campaign in the UK at the moment that, that is that has got so much controversy around it because of this young lad is who's disabled is being blind, deaf, and everything. He's, he's properly disabled, and his mum, who's fairly famous, sort of Z-list, has started a, a petition which has now got 150,000 sign up. So the government have to discuss it in Parliament um, to make people give a full ID to sign up to a social media account. Now, there's there's lots of people saying, well, that's going to out people in the LGBTQ community or if you're gay or if you've got your trans or you've got anything that's, 
unusual about your different that you know if you're slightly different that's going to out you because they're saying your pet if you're under 18 your parents need to authenticate you but do you know what that's if you're if you you've got to be identified somehow and the problem with the internet and facebook and twitter and all these these forums or reddits of this world and tiktok and all that is you can sign up in a heartbeat under a name and nobody can identify you and that's the problem. The, the only time that trolling... Well, well that's not actually ID. true. The, uh, the actual state, the actual security services know who you are. But what else do you want them to do? They've got, they got loads of stuff to do. Do they, do they really need that extra duty of saying, right, I've got to... I'm keeping, I'm, keeping I'm, 17-year-olds off TikTok. Yeah, do I need to do that? I can't. I don't go on Reddit. Reddit's too hot for me. That even for me, they they are brutal. Their <laughs> reputation is is, is know, true. They, you know, uh, I can't handle Reddit, and I keep off Twitter because uh, I keep off Twitter a fair bit because I just don't. I just don't want to get involved in the Twitter dramas that are um, so prevalent. Um, but what do you reckon, Spencer? You know, I think it's a good idea. I was a bit disappointed that it give had to give it some publicity. Um, and I think it's really hard. You know, I think I think in her particular case, it was, she was literally she. I'm struggling for the right word here. She was put in an extremely difficult position, wasn't she? Yeah, I mean, the situation, what happened, Mika, we talked about before, that's separated from this. <clears throat> I think Matt's heart and mind is in the right position. I'm a little surprised, not criticizing him, I'm a little surprised that, <laughs> like, why does he have to be the one to do this? Not that I don't appreciate him doing it, but it's sort of like, the problem is at home with automatic. And the fact that you've got maybe like Andrea Middleton, who while it's nice that she's going to show up at this panel, is hardly the authority figure over at Automatic, uh, is odd. It's odd to me in a lot of ways because we talked about a couple of weeks ago that the source of this problem comes from the fact that they grew an organic, you know, hippie community into something where a person like Mika is in the unenviable position of having to take away some dude's livelihood, you know, in a nameless, faceless way, but except she's on the hook for it because she was the one in charge of the guillotine on that day. So the whole takeaway for me of this is that the accountability on this has to come from Matt and it has to come from somebody at Automatic and they have to make a, a stance of some kind. Although Andrew's thoughts, I, I do agree with the philosophy, I think is a practical matter, that the only thing that would be fair about how we deal with social media is that everybody has to participate in social media as who they are universally, regardless of age. So in other words, I would be in favor of the fact that I'm Spencer Foreman, just like we talked about I, everywhere, anything I do. And I can't spawn a new clone of me because I got kicked out of somebody's membership group as a different name, because that's the kind of so, behavior. So that, many of them you've been, you've well, been. But that's the behavior that's unstoppable, right? Like, I mean, let's just be honest. There's no way when you're allowed to make pseudonyms or, you know, profiles. So the whole thing is a bit exhausting because it turns into a, I'll do a retrospective. Like those who are fans of, let's say, 1950s uh, Hollywood, James Dean, his whole success was the, uh, the teenage angst, you know, the Marlon Brando kind of like, oh, I'm 17 and the world's so hard, I'm going to kill somebody. You know, like being a teenager is hard enough. 
being a teenager today where you get outed in front of millions of people, I mean, extraordinary. But that doesn't change the fact that even in the 50s, people were getting outed and getting murdered or, you know, lynched or worse for various things. So we're, we're taking the same problems and we're just moving them into the online space. We really need to deal with the problems themselves, not just the symptoms of the problem, I think. Yeah, that's a great point. Well, thanks for that, Spence. On to our recommendations of the week. And my recommendation is Costos, the the podcasting hosting platform. I'm actually going to, I'm actually probably this weekend going to be moving. Had a chat with uh, Matt Medeus, who's um, one of our semi-regular panelists, and he's joined the organisation. And it just seems really great value. And... um, like I say, I'm probably going to be moving to the platform this weekend and trying them out. So, um, Andrew, have you got anything that you want to recommend? You're muted. Rookie, rookie mistake. He's lucky I'm a guest. Um, yeah, atarim.io forward slash summit. I'm a host with uh, Suzanne and Vito Peleg, and we're doing a live launch on Monday night at 7pm, so look out for your social media on that. It was the biggest WP Summit uh, of its type last year, and we reckon it's going to be even bigger this year, and the the system that we've built around it using wahi.io is awesome. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm going to get not going to get any sleep Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of next week, that's for sure, Um, but it's going to be exciting. I'm, I'm excited. I really, genuinely am excited. It's crazy. So I don't know, put it into chat. Do I get a chat file, Spencer? Yeah, there's a private um, chat there. Just have a look at it. It's there, atterim.io. But do I, get, do I get a chat file to download, Spencer, on this platform? Yeah, this records, so mm-hmm. yeah, you'll have it. I mean, hopefully next week you'll, you'll go premium and we can do lower thirds. And we can do all the, you got the cheapo, like, I'm not going to try it. Oh, Jesus. You're not going to complain. You're still not going to keep on complaining, are you? For God's sake. I'll lend sake. you the 50 bucks. Don't worry uh, about oh, it. Oh, for God's 25 sake. 25 quid. Come on. Anyway, uh, but God. this has obviously worked out very well, as you can tell. And next week, when you connect it to Facebook and so forth, you'll press that one button and it'll be a boom. It's going out to everybody. All right. So, uh, I have an unusual recommendation, to, uh, besides that you pay for StreamYard now, is that um, I, when I leave the house, which for the last year has been rarely, if ever, but I do still go out and exercise every day, I have found, and I'm willing to like have this conversation, I have over 5,000 miles riding uh, electric bikes. And electric bikes immediately brings up the connotation of, oh, you're not getting any exercise. It's not like that. A regular bike, which I could ride, is hard to ride when it's snowy and windy and and there's hills. And you can only go 8 to 12 miles an hour unless you have a racing bike. And a racing bike is very hard to ride and uncomfortable. So there's a company, Rad Power Bikes. I gave a link. It is an affiliate link that gives somebody 50 bucks if they buy it. Their bikes are priced cheaper than anybody in the market, but they have grown exponentially because they're in America and the bikes are so incredibly fun. So I have one that's called a Rad Wagon that I've ridden for 5,000 miles. I just ordered a second one that's a fat tire. The bikes are about twelve to 1,500 bucks US. But I promise you, I guarantee you, they can go up to 25 miles an hour in the US, a little less in the UK because of the restrictions. But it is the most fun you will have with your clothes on because any day, sunny or not, you get on the thing 
and you pedal as much as you want, but you can put in the same amount of exertion and go 25 miles instead of just around the corner. And so on a good day, like a sunny day, I get on that bike and I put on the tunes and I, you know, wear my helmet and all. Amazing. So if you never tried an e-bike and you're a middle-aged person or otherwise, check these guys out because they have a 30-day money-back guarantee and I'm not really trying to push it like it's so a big He's telling you, folks, that, you know, if you're in Chicago and that maniac geezer on a electric bike run you over, we know who it is there. You know what we? I did? I, I, I bought the second bike in Chicago so that any of my pals who keep giving me a hard time about this want to I'm like, get your ass over here and let's go for a ride. You take one of my bikes and we'll go. The, 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 the wrong thing about it. Hell's Angels of Chicago. I was going to recommend an electric bike and then I saw that and I thought, oh, best, best not. Because we've got one, we, there's one in um, Indiegogo or one of those things that you can get a battery and they actually make the wheel, the front right. wheel, they replace the front wheel with it and you pop your right. battery on the on the front. I can't remember what it's called. Switch. Uh, I, I, I will say this because I researched all this for a couple of years and then I finally bought one. The reason I like Rad is because of all the bikes, and there's now hundreds of brands, they actually have the kind of customer support and service and the kind of reliability. And at the end of the day, like the cost of a bike can be maybe a little less than twelve to 1500 but they could be five times more. But the value proposition, and these are 750-watt motors, which is to say they're three times more powerful than some of the junk. You can literally go, you know, at walking pace or you can go 25 miles an hour. But if you ride it like a, an alternative transport, I take this thing to Costco or I go to the beach. I put my kid on the back. And it's just like all I can say is it's a lot of fun for when I'm not in front of the screen or, you know, doing something in the gym. So, All right, John, have you got something to recommend, John? Mute. Uh, mute. I know. Okay. So my recommendation is from the local SEO guide.com. This is from Andrew Shotland. This is uh, EAT local SEO. I, I got some ideas from this actually, um, particularly if this is the one that I was looking at around the um, getting schema for like a, a person uh, in there, but there's some other things in here that have to do with local SEO. Uh, so if this is something you're interested in, please come check it out. Oh, thanks for that panel. I think we're going to rock around it up. I'm going to let you. So, Andrew, what's the best way for people to find out more about you and what you're up to? Andrew? <coughs> this is andrewparmer.com and at Arnie Palmer on Twitter. All right. Spencer, what's the... You know, you, know what you, get, you know what you get with the Arnie Palmer drink when you pour vodka into it? You get a John Daly. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a drink. That's a drink uh, joke. I am playing golf next week with a guy called John Daly. Yeah, try that when you're at the golf course. If the bartender knows what a John Daly is, they'll tell you the same joke. <laughs> so, um, Spencer, what's the best way to find more about you? Obviously. You? at the WordPress membership mastermind group on Facebook, which is where I will be spending every waking moment this week, this weekend, and for the rest of my adult life, I'm sure. Until you get, yeah. until you get borrowed from it. The most charming part about it is how I post like a 30 minute video. I get like 20 people to say they watched. And then you text me going, Spence, are you going to publish anything today? <laughs> I'm like, exactly. I want to keep publishing. <laughs> on, get on with it. You said you'd be, you know, get on with it. You know, there we go. Otherwise, um, just, what, I, what I do want to self-promote though is that I do encourage everybody, please to go to WP Launchify and run the free 
analysis of your software stack because we've been seeing the activity on there. And a lot of folks who have carried on on their own have said, you know what, what it did for me was it helped me understand how little I really needed or how close I already was. And there's no affiliate links there or spam or anything. So that's a good tool for anybody who's, you know, trying to build something with their WordPress stack. Yeah. And John, John, got anything? What's the best way for people to find yeah, out? Yeah, um, definitely the website, lockdownseo.com, but also go to my YouTube channel. That's where I'm posting. I, I've slowed down my posting schedule. It's probably going to be about once a week for a little while. But please go there. If you have an SEO question, leave a comment on any video. I will see it and I will make a video that replies to your question. So that's great. That's great. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you next week, folks, probably on StreamYard or some other platform. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, but, fully you know, paid, fancy schmancy $25 StreamYard. <laughs> I know what, I'll pay for next month. I'll yeah, I'll pay for next. I'll pay for the month just, just so we have the toys. You can make me a co-host and I'll handle all the, the lower thirds and it'll be like, <laughs> breaking story. John Dunwood. You found your new sponsors. It's me and Spencer. Right. I'm waiting for you, Andrew, to give you some sponsor. Right. We'll see you next week, folks, for another tonic. We'll see you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week.